Welcome to Vistas by WebCheck Security. News, views, and insights into the cybersecurity realm, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Produced by WebCheck Security, a world-class cyber penetration testing and fractional CISO company. My name is Greg Johnson, and I'm your host. Today's podcast welcomes Dylan Hutchinson, Head of Channel and Alliances at Shield Cyber. Today's topic continuous threat and exposure management. And I'm excited for this because it's cool stuff. Vistas is sponsored by Nexus IT, a worry-free, hyper-responsive approach to providing world-class IT support and solutions so leaders can focus on their business. Shout out to Earl Foote and his crew, another amazing CEO with a high integrity and a great bass player too. <laughs> Reach out to Earl's crew for your IT security needs at nexusitc.net. That's N-E-X-U-S-I-T-C.net. And now to our guest. Today we are very pleased to have Dylan Hutchinson, the head of Channel and Alliances at Shield Cyber. He specializes in building channel programs and maintaining strategic partnerships within the cybersecurity in ecosystem. Prior to joining Shield Cyber, Dylan was sales and channel professional at Pondurance, focusing on delivering cybersecurity services to the SMB and Fortune 500 through the cybersecurity channel. Dylan is the VP of Academic Relations of the Kentuckiana ISACA. Hey, that's impressive. I didn't know that, Dylan. Helping guide the future generations of cybersecurity and make the space accessible. When Dylan is not working in cybersecurity, you can typically find him riding his motorcycle or trying a new local coffee shop. Dylan, welcome. So honored to have you here today. Thank you, Greg. I, I really appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Well, this is going to be a, a great podcast today. First, let's uh, delight our audience by sharing a bit about you. I didn't know you were a motorcycle rider. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big motorcycle rider. Um, basically grew up around motorcycles from my grandpa riding, uh, my dad rides, stepdad rides. Basically, everybody in my family has either ridden a motor motorcycle or been around motorcycles their entire lives. Um, so grew up riding, you know, four-wheelers, dirt bikes. Um, and eventually graduated to motorcycles, but that was not before I, uh, I ran a dirt bike into my mom's flower bed trying to learn. Um, so yeah, love, love motorcycles. That is one of my favorite pastimes. In fact, um, for those that I have the pleasure of meeting in person during the spring, summer and fall, um, if we're meeting up for a coffee, typically I will ride my motorcycle to, uh, to that meeting. Uh, so you are a vulnerable guy, growth oriented, willing to make mistakes, uh, destroy flowers and learn from the experience. Okay. So what kind of a road bike you're riding? So I do not discriminate. I've ridden a little bit of everything from the, from the sport bikes, you know, for, for lack of better terms, the crotch rockets realize that those are a little bit too fast. Um, you know, I'll get a little carried away one blip of the throttle and you're going hundred miles an hour. Um, <laughs> so right now I have a, uh, a Harley Davidson Dyna wide glide, a 1998, for those that know, it's an anniversary edition. Um, it was actually my stepdad's bike, and then um, my my grandfather's bike. So it's a it's a family bike that I have the pleasure of having right now. Wow, I'm I'm jealous. You know, I don't have a motorcycle myself, but I grew up with them. And when you're out here in Utah, I'll rent one and we'll go for a ride mm -hmm. up in the mountains. Let's do it in the spring or the summer. Deal. Right? That would be a blast. Okay, I'll I'll take you to some beautiful places. All right. Well, what else? What else do you like to do in your spare time? Oh yeah. So as you mentioned, um, I'm, I'm a lover of coffee. Um, in fact, I just finished 
um, probably too many cups this morning. Um, <laughs> so if I'm a little jittery, that's probably why. Um, no, absolutely love trying local coffee shops. Um, just something about walking into those shops and just, you know, feeling out the vibe and trying those, those great coffees, not big on, um, you know, the mass produced coffee. So, um, the more local, the better. Um, I'll give a special shout out to my, my shop here in Louisville, Sinergos. Um, ah. they, uh, they won a competition back in 2014 and they've, they've, uh, been, been my love for the time that I've lived here in Louisville. And, Other and, that, uh, um, I was going to say where's local for you, but clearly you just mentioned it's, it's uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Beautiful in the fall, by the way, I've been there at that time of year and oh, wow. Nice place. Yes, it is. Yeah. Been down here for about two years. I uh, moved down here with my fiance. Uh, we were from Indianapolis, Indiana originally. And I uh, wanted just kind of a change of pace. Louisville's a great town. I, I call it a, a big little town. Because um, still got that, that big community feel. And uh, we love it. Fantastic. Well, let's dive in, Dylan. So for our listeners today, WebCheck Security is uh, all about a lot of things cyber. We're an advisory company, but we do a lot of penetration testing. And what we find is, is that organizations need a better way to keep tabs on the exploits, the exposures, um, and, and the common vulnerabilities that uh, need to be patched, fixed, looked at, reviewed, especially if they're SaaS companies or they have um, large on-prem or even cloud infrastructure. And so at WebCheck, we've developed a product called WebCheck Cadence, which is really a managed service that employs various technologies, depending on whether it's on-prem, in the cloud, uh, external, or a web application. And um, it, it basically provides a cadence of testing that may not quite be as resource-intensive nor costly as full-on penetration testing following the, the one-year, once-a-year, twice-a-year full-on penetration test. We actually do have clients that are very uh, risk-savvy, I will say not risk aware, but risk savvy, and they will pen test uh, once a quarter, and they're willing to pay for it because Good they realize that uh, the the exposures that they can uncover are are phenomenal. There, nothing beats a pen test. We're going to talk about this from your perspective uh, at towards the end of this this podcast, but. One of the things we've done at WebCheck Security for our listeners is we've incorporated a fantastic new technology. Now, there's a lot of buzz speak in the market about autonomous pen testing. And, and, and mm-hmm. we, we're not here to say that those companies are wrong or, or that uh, you shouldn't have an autonomous pen testing platform. Uh, but there's something to be said for uh, the engineers who are actually thinking like a hacker and trying to hack in and you've you've hired a certified benevolent uh, but smart guy going about it the right way but from the hacker's perspective to write a report and debrief you so you just can't beat that however there is a place for um, algorithms and ai that can go in and continuously monitor and try a certain level of exploit and say hey you got a problem here so today's podcast dylan Entree Shield Cyber. That's you. You guys have developed an amazing technology, and we've incorporated that at WebCheck Security into our WebCheck Cadence product, as well as our managed um, internal scanning to provide a higher level of um, exploit and exposure management. So let's dive in and answer that question. What is exposure management? Yeah, great question. And, and Greg, before I start, I want to say thank you to, to you and the WebCheck team. It's been a phenomenal partnership and 
seeing what you guys have done by incorporating Shield into the web check cadence to deliver that true that true threat cadence is, is really great. And we'll get into that later. But with what is exposure management? First off, exposure management is not is not a tool. It's a program. Um, exposure management triages and correlates all of your network identity and other infrastructure concerns with the vulnerabilities in one centralized platform or dashboard to really prioritize your remediation and security efforts, not just on the patch management side, but maybe what are the compensating controls that need to be put in place in front of systems to make sure that they are not accessible by attackers or making sure you don't have, you know, ghost users inside of your Active Directory environment, all those kinds of threats. So again, to reiterate, it is not a standalone tool. It is an actual program that you build inside of your organization as part of your security posture. So it's not just running tenable Nessus or, you know, Saint or, you know, OpenVos inside your organization then. Right. Correct. Yeah. And that, so the tenable Nessus or your OpenVos or, you know, those other enterprise level scanners are the ones that um, some of these other vendors have built themselves. That is part of exposure management. That is one piece. Exposure management takes that traditional vulnerability management a couple steps further by not only triaging your, hey, here's your asset inventory and what services are running on those and the vulnerabilities associated, but it's also looping in identity security or application security and other threat vectors that attackers are using, not just limited to the actual common vulnerabilities. Fantastic. So let's talk about... um, let's dive deeper into that. Um, a lot of organizations talk about, um, just vulnerability management. And, um, Mm -hmm. so you guys are taking this to the next level. It seems like shield has a new vision (laughs) and, and, uh, I, I guess you're not necessarily solely unique in that space, but vulnerability management seems to have graduated to a next level. Let's talk more about the exposure management versus vulnerability management, if you will. For sure. So, yeah, as I said, you know, exposure management takes vulnerability management a few steps further. In fact, vulnerability management truly lives inside of exposure management. So exposure management as a program incorporates your asset management, vulnerability management, and that's both on the internal and external your identity security management, your configuration management, and, you know, especially with the cadence, the web application management. Truly looking at your organization as if an attacker was inside of your environment, all of the different pivot points that they could either come into your organization or pivot through the network and and gain access to, to systems and ultimately compromise you. So exposure management takes that just a, a step further or is a, a broader, more complete program than traditional vulnerability management. It's not, it's not all of those different siloed tools. It's one comprehensive program. And is it for just large enterprise, Dylan, or who can benefit from uh, exposure management? Yeah. So if you would ask, you know, somebody in, in the market, five, 10 years ago, it is only for the fortune 500. It is only for those massive corporations with massive, massive budgets. Um, but I'll, I'll give, you know, huge kudos to, you know, not only my team, but also the other vendors that have helped pave the way. Exposure management is really for any compliance driven organization or the organizations that have customers that are, that are mandating some mature security controls. If I had to guess, I believe that cyber insurance is also going to be mandating a more complete 
vulnerability management program uh, here in the future, not just limited to those external risks that a lot of them are looking at now, um, but also the contextualization of those vulnerabilities inside of your environment. So exposure management, continuous threat exposure management is not just for that large enterprise. It's also for the the SMB, especially those that are in those highly compliant uh, landscapes, such as CMMC that's coming out here soon, or if you uh, have to subscribe to PCI DSS, or if you've got uh, healthcare clients, um, all of those alike. Okay. Now, as you're talking, it dawns on me that the, the shield technology that, that we've uh, incorporated and that we're, we're piloting and using at, at several clients right now, um, and by the way, they, they love it. They love the result. It's different than just running a scanner. Um, and, and so let's talk about that identity security. Why is it so important? And, and let's talk about what um, the Shield technology does with Active Directory, for example. Yeah. So let's go back to the root cause of ransomware. Let's talk about the anatomy of an attack to, to provide some context. Fantastic. So attackers, when they're, when they're going after your organization, they are not looking at Dylan's laptop and say, hey, his, his Chrome is, is, is out of date or it needs patches. And they're not exploiting that and going, okay, I can then pivot to Greg's machine because of the connection. That's not how that works. Ultimately, what they're going to do, whether this is coming in through phishing emails or, or other attack vectors, they are going after individual users, harvesting their credentials, and then they're looking around, scanning the environment of where can I move next? So Dylan might belong to some different escalation groups. Um, you know, this is probably a bad idea. And, you know, Michael, if you're, if you're listening to this, make sure I'm not a domain admin. But if I, if I can then pivot as an attacker to other groups and gain access to other machines based on misconfigurations or over-escalated users, groups, or computers inside of Active Directory, then I can take down an entire environment by never, and then never get picked up by EDR, MDR, or other uh, security investments that the that you've put in in place. So why identity security is important when correlating with network vulnerabilities is it shows you the actual blast radius if an attacker were to get in on, say, my machine, Greg's machine, or somebody in accounting. It shows where they could pivot in an organization. I'm not going to say that by implementing continuous threat exposure management, you're going to completely get rid of the risk of ransomware you can really reduce that impact if somebody were to get into your environment by putting the proper controls in place. Very good. Now, also, as you're describing the anatomy of a ransomware attack and uh, obviously some of the benefits of, of Shield because it's going to scan Active Directory for hanging objects and misconfigurations in the Active Directory tree, um, there are other things that... Um, shield does um one of the um uh, asks that we will often get at WebCheck security is do you have a tool for asset discovery if i plug something in what's mm -hmm. what's going to happen there have you guys done something in that environment yeah absolutely so and that's where a lot of these you know column next gen vulnerability management or you know even some of the edr products that are coming out with um, asset discovery or vulnerability management, where we have a couple different methods of finding those devices or finding those vulnerabilities. So we can do a blanket network scan for sure. You know, that's where you take your traditional or relating it to those traditional vulnerability scanners where 
we are one centralized node and we crawl the network seeing everything that we can pop. Um, you might say, hey, I've only got 100 assets in my entire environment. But when we go scan, we say, hey, we discovered a couple other devices. And all of a sudden, you've got 150, 160 devices in your environment that you didn't even know about. Um, maybe it's something that was some shadow IT that, that was forgotten about. Um, I'll use the term literally a skeleton in the closet that you didn't think was plugged in, but it sure is. It sure is. Um, and that's where we can really provide that additional level of visibility, not just what's in your you know Excel spreadsheet of your asset management. Mm, very good. Um, give me another bullet list. What are some of the other unique things that um, that you're doing with Shield? And, and let's let's talk about some of the exploitative algorithms and forthcoming AI because that's that's been the buzzword. Like we're not going to be talking about AI as much a year from now. It might be something beyond generative yeah. AI, kind of like blockchain came in. But nevertheless, it's here. It's real. It's a tool. It's developing. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, uh, about that. Yeah, so our whole mantra at Shield is really Shield contextualizes based on logic, not magic. Um, so everything that we do is an informed decision based on our team's knowledge being penetration testers. Shield was developed by pen testers. They've been in environments from SMBs to Fortune 500. Um, we also pull in a variety of, of vulnerability databases, threat intel feeds, et cetera. One that I like to always give a shout out to is EPSS scoring. So actually showing how likely is this vulnerability on these machines likely to be exploited out in the wild. That way you can really prioritize your remediation efforts. Because if you've got a traditional vulnerability management tool, they're going to spit out, hey, and I, I posted about it on LinkedIn a couple of days ago. Uh, one of my buddies hit me up and said, hey, I've got a, a Firefox vulnerability. It's showing a CVSS of a 9.8. I looked it up, it had like a less than 7% chance of being exploited out in the wild. So it's like, that's not a real risk. So you talk right. about why we've incorporated those different threat scorings and, and such, not just limited to, you know, AI or, or the machine learning, but also just the different threat intel feeds that are out there um, is because not every single vulnerability needs to be patched. That's just the reality. Not every single vulnerability has an exploit or if that vulnerability were to be exploited, they can't go anywhere because, that, like I said earlier, you've put the proper security controls in place that we enable you to to make sure they can't pivot through your environment. Very good. We'll come back to this in a minute and more. WebCheck Security looks to partner with Nexus IT for IT operations. It used to be notebooks, posters, and banners, proofreading ads, and physical invites. Now it's virtual servers, desktops, internet content filtering, web hosting, cloud infrastructure, and more. Ready to jump your company forward a few decades? Let Nexus IT consultants show you how. To find out more, go to www.nexusitc.net or call them. Here's the number. 435-659-2533. I'm going to say that one more time. 435-659-2533. And we're back with Dylan Hutchinson, the uh, Partner in Alliances guru at uh, Shield Cyber. So, Dylan, one of the things that you alluded to is that exposure management is not just a tool. Uh, it's a program that needs to be properly managed, which is why you've chosen to operate only through the channel and through expert um, players like 
uh, cyber uh, web check security uh, because we we shameful have plug there. yeah it's shameful we have the engineers that um, are either CISOs or uh, have um, the OSCP pen test certifications. They view um, cybersecurity from a very broad perspective and have the IT infrastructure mm-hmm. knowledge to really make this fly. I, I like using the analogy that my partner and co-founder and friend Jeff Smith uses um, as we're discussing cybersecurity with organizations. We often use a graphic of a pie, right? And and there's people think of cybersecurity as endpoint management. In fact, there's a lot of MSPs that say, oh, yeah, we do cyber, and they install CrowdStrike or Sophos, and that's their cybersecurity program. Oh, yeah. But that's one slice of a big pie at grandma's table. You got to have pumpkin and pecan and, and uh, you know, lemon. What's your favorite, Dylan? What's your favorite piece of the pie at Thanksgiving dinner? Banana cream pie. Banana sure. cream. Oh, that's, you can't forget that, an apple pie at Thanksgiving. Well, cyber, it's the same analogy, right? And these things are just tools. So you've got to have program management. You've got to have somebody that knows how to write the policies, implement the practices. Um, if you don't have, for example, and this is a great example, an HR offboarding policy. Dylan leaves the organization. He has the keys to the kingdom. And two weeks later, he's still able to log in, delete data, wreak oh, havoc, yeah. steal lists, steal IP, whatever. And, um, you know, so those kinds of things speak to practice and policy, not just CrowdStrike, <laughs> right? Although uh, CrowdStrike, Sophos, Bitdefender, they're all great technologies, right? Uh, Sims, XDR, EDR, and, and we could throw out the jargon for hours, um, DLP, blah, blah, blah. But um, uh, so the, Jeff uses the analogy that uh, if you got a race car, you need a driver, right? And if, if any of you here, I, oh, like yeah. I've driven a NASCAR and I, I always kind of poo-pooed it like why are they showing this on espn you know this is not a sport well it is and my wrists were tired my abs were tired uh your hand-eye coordination so I, I i had this opportunity to drive the nascar after some extensive training and uh, they put a pace car driver in front of me and the the better you were doing the faster he'd go and it was a small track so we never got above about 128 miles an hour but when you're flying around curves and you're not braking you know you're you're just Wow, it, it was a it was a thrill. But you got to have an experienced NASCAR driver um, to run oh, yeah. these these technologies. So, talk a little bit about um, exposure management versus just the tool. So, I want to go back to one thing you just said with employee onboarding or offboarding, primarily offboarding, making sure that you restrict or get rid of that access that an ex employee had. Right. The traditional vulnerability management or some of your other tools out there are, are not going to show that where we say, hey, in Active Directory, they might have not logged in for three, six, nine months. They'll show as a inactive user, but there's still a user inside of that environment. Even if you've cut off their access, an attacker can still exploit that. And it'll show, especially if you're in a large environment, large organization that you know has a lot of turnover or adding and getting rid of people all the time. You'll say, hey, Joe Schmo just accessed this, this system. Well, they've been at our company for nine years where the, the SOC team or the, the security team didn't know that Joe actually left three months ago. So that's where we can highlight some of those identity security concerns. But Greg, to go back to your question of really highlighting why exposure management is a program that needs to be properly managed, not just a tool, is because that, that NASCAR driver, to use your analogy, is going to know the car. It's going to know, you know, 
what levers need to be pulled, what how how fast how fast to go around those corners, how much to break if you're breaking it all. Um, the same thing relates to exposure management with your security team. So let's talk about traditional vulnerability management, or maybe even some of those automated vulnerability and patch management products out there today. They're not going to have the context or knowledge of your environment that you do, or your your managed security team does. Because let's say, for example, you've got a a server with line of business applications on it that has 15 vulnerabilities on it. An automated program might say, okay, I see a bunch of vulnerabilities on that. Let's go ahead and patch those, make it reboot. And then something happens. You go to, you go to patch that server and it crashes. You can't bring it back online and you're scrambling and you can't manufacture the products or you can't service your clients. Um, that's a big, big problem. And that's why it has to be managed by somebody that knows your environment inside now. So let's use that that server again. With Shield, we'll show you, hey, here's all the vulnerabilities that are attributed to that. But then we allow you to provide context of what that asset actually is, what it means to you, and then build a patching and remediation plan around it. So, hey, we can only patch this server one time a year. Let's go ahead and schedule it out with our team for June 13th of 2024. That way we have a plan in place of discovering new vulnerabilities, just kind of adding it to that list, but then making sure that it's not throwing up false red flags that your team already knows about. Gotcha. Now, Dylan, where does penetration testing come into this? Would love your perspective on that since we do so much of it at web check oh, security. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So there's this constant battle between, and I think it's a battle for wallet share between vendors, to be honest with you where it's like, hey, all you need is, is one penetration test a year. All you need is, is ongoing vulnerability management. The fact of the matter is you obviously need both. We believe that penetration testing is part of a complete exposure management program, right? Getting the emphasis to it's a program, not a tool. So the exposure management or your ongoing vulnerability management, asset management, configuration management, identity security management, et cetera, that's kind of your prep work for your, your final exam of the penetration test. So at its core, a penetration test is an objective-based engagement. You are going in and trying to bypass those security tools, whether you're doing an external kind of black box engagement or you're operating under the assumption that you already have a foothold in the environment doing external assessments where you can look around and see, hey, what's here? So it's a really good way to really audit and make sure that your team is doing proper exposure management if you can go into the annual penetration test and go, man, you guys have actually reduced risk in these areas. I you know, was able to compromise Dylan's uh, user account because he clicked on the, the phishing link offering him free ice cream like he does all the time. Hmm. And I wasn't able to pivot through the environment because you guys have put the proper controls in place around Dylan's user to make sure that you can't escalate. So uh, yes, I was able to get a foothold in the environment, but I was stuck with Dylan. So a penetration test is really there to audit and make sure that your exposure management program is working properly. Very good. And I always like to define because I'm I'm always surprised and no offense if you're an IT director listening to this or even a, you know, high level uh, IT specialist, but often I'm surprised at at how people mix them up and um, will often call uh, penetration tests a mere running a Nessus scan and and, and they're Mm -hmm. not. Uh, penetration test is a real world simulated attack conducted by a hacker <laughs> only it's a benevolent one with certifications usually years of experience and 
the ability to write. That, that's who we hire <laughs> to do our penetration testing. These are engineers that have, there are several kinds of tests in the industry, for example. And I'm not, again, I'm not knocking anything, but there are book tests. But then there's also, there are tests like the PNTP and the OSCP, where you have to log into a simulated environment, demonstrate your skills, and your writing is analyzed. Right. So it's, it's a more complete package and we, we only hire um, individuals or we have an internship program. And once they go through the class and they've been deemed worthy by a red team lead, they can then move on to doing some contracts in shadow with that person. And then before we'll bring them on uh, full time, they need to, to certify with the PNTP at least or the um, OSCP or similar. There are others out there. Crest would be a good one. Um, so it really is a very experienced senior guy, um, or gal as it were that, uh, has the ability to think like a hacker. They're passionate about it and they can go out and do everything from do the reconnaissance, uh, on social media at, to, um, checking their paste bin or GitHub and trying to compromise areas that the company may not be thinking of. Right. And then uh, not just finding, okay, here's the scan and here's your vulnerability. It's the CVE. No, it's, uh, um, I actually tried to exploit it and I couldn't because you had mitigated it with this, or I was able to get root access and here's why, and here's how you fix it. And that's really the outcome is making our clients better, um, at the end of the day. Um, but having uh, a program for continuous threat and exposure management is 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 critical um so what are some takeaways for our audience today uh dylan and what what do they need to know about what you're doing at shield in partnership with WebCheck security and our organizational uh, managed service yeah so one key takeaway that i want to highlight is what you just talked about the the true differentiation between a vulnerability scan versus vulnerability management versus exposure management versus a penetration test. They all have value. There are, there are organizations that, hey, all you really need to do is a quarterly vulnerability scan because you don't have you know, stringent compliance requirements or any of those mandates. They all fit in your environment, but make sure if there are IT directors or, or service providers listening to this, make sure you actually do a scoping exercise of what do I actually need? What am I trying to accomplish with these tools or programs that I'm putting in place? And make sure that you're not trying to just know, jam a square peg into a round hole. Make sure you right size your tools or your programs to what you actually need to accomplish. So that's one takeaway. The other takeaway is going back to the proper management of an exposure management platform or, or program is make sure you have the proper driver driving the car. Um, you know, I would say I, I drive the heck out of my Kia Optima, but I am in no shape to drive an NASCAR. Make sure that you have an, an actual expert behind the wheel. Make sure that they are the ones that are running the scans, making sure that they are properly configured and, and everything like that. That's one thing that I see a lot of uh, IT and security professionals make. A lot of mistakes they, that I see them make is, hey, I bought all these tools, but they're misconfigured. They're not doing what they, what they actually thought they were because they don't have the expert behind the wheel making sure that it's doing the right things. And I'll, I'll give a huge shout out to, to Greg and, and his team uh, we've actually run into that where right out of the box, we're like, hey, we actually missed an asset and they, they were able to call it out and we fixed it immediately. It was awesome. It was a really good use case for, for the client, making sure that we had proper scope and proper coverage of their organization. Very good. 
And uh, for our listeners here, um, you'd offered at Shield to allow us to go in and do uh, not only a, a proof of concept in an organization, but um, uh, a, a trial Active Directory scan. As, as well, since that's a component of yeah. the technology. And again, emphasizing that this is not an active directory scanner. That's just a component of uh, the vulnerability and threat exposure, algorith- algorithmic penetration testing to a certain level, as well as the, um, uh, the, the common vulnerabilities that we'll find uh, using the underlying vulnerability scanner. So uh, talk a little bit about that uh, offer for, and, and whether you're a, a, one of our channel partners or you're a company that wants to, to uh, you know, either reach out to your channel partner, they can get in touch with us as we work through our channel partners with Integrity, um, or we do have some direct clients. Uh, either way, let's, let's get this uh, working for you in your environment. Yeah. Let's do it. So, Greg, as you mentioned, Active Directory Security is one component of what we do to kind of fill out that pie, going back to what we talked about earlier. Um, so, at Shield, we can do the external attack surface, so scanning your, your external environment for the continuous vulnerabilities. We can do the internal scanning, whether that's node-based or local agent, if you've got a decentralized network or, or remote workforce. But then that last, you know, very crucial component is the identity security really focused on active directory security so yeah for for the listeners of the podcast we are offering a complimentary active directory security assessment um transparently that's valued at right around five thousand dollars so reach out to greg for more information uh to get in touch and uh, to get started fantastic and that's uh folks you can just do get in touch at webcheck get in touch at webcheckseurity.com and uh, myself or one of our sales team will be happy to reach out and uh, then we'll loop in Dylan and his team and we'll get this uh, running in, in, in your environment. Well, Dylan, many thanks for being on our podcast today. Very interesting. Uh, what you guys are doing is phenomenal and it's only going upward. We could spend hours talking about uh, what you're doing with AI, with cloud. It's all coming. It's exciting. We love where you guys are at. And it's an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for your valuable time. Let's do it again. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Greg, for having me on. All right. Well, Vistas thanks his sponsor, Nexus IT Consultants. For White Glove Cybersecurity and IT Assistance, contact Nexus IT at nexusitc.net or call them at 435-659-2533. Today's music has been provided by Suit Up Soldier and can be downloaded on Spotify, Apple Music, and other popular platforms. Check back soon for another episode of Vistas, published at least monthly. And until next time, be positive and see only the good in others. 